Rodney, what's up, dude? Traveling across country with children in a pandemic or at the tail end of a pandemic or, or, or forget the pandemic. Yeah. Act like that didn't happen. <laughs> is not for the faint of heart. And even if you're stout hearted, it's probably not for you. <laughs> nah, man. It's a mic drop. You and I have been on this journey of understanding what vacation means as parents as 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 fathers and husbands mm-hmm. and uh i have mourned i've gone through all the stages of grief <laughs> basically and now i'm i'm on the other side and i i now i got to enjoy at least bits of the last two trips but man yeah yeah whew. time zones i mean it's hard driving three hours uh let alone pacific to it like yep it's not vacation anymore not with little ones but I got to say, on that note, it has been very helpful having each other to just process it as it's happening live. To bounce that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it, uh, it's just real. Real. Bruh. It's real. Welcome back. To the More in Common podcast, I am your co-host Keith with my man. My name is Rodney and I'm just so thankful. I just love the new welcome back. It's just so warm and... You, you didn't want me to... I, just, I don't want to just jump it into your ears anymore, you know, all high yeah, and clippy. No, I, you know, it just, it was so... Oh. And, and speaking of compassion, we are all about compassionate conversation, anchoring people in compassion really what we want to do is to help you have what we have what keith and i have had in our 19 year friendship this thing that has been amazing and it's really been mainly because of compassion and we're we're able to put words to that now and and process and in this conversation you're going to hear that compassion is not about understanding another person or understanding why they're doing something or understanding where they're coming from, but really just understanding that they're going through something like that. There is a thing that maybe you don't understand, but you yourself have been through things. And in that you could connect with them on a, on a, on a plane to just say, man, like man or woman, I, I respect your struggle. I respect your suffering. I, that's it. Compassion. So we have this conversation with Jessica Fru. Yeah. Um, we talk about a lot of things. She has a podcast with her and her current husband and her ex-husband. And we'll tee that up here in a little bit. And we talk, we talk about just being bold, finding yourself, what it means to know yourself. And what I love most about this conversation is Jessica, as much as she talks about it, she is it, right? Like she really demonstrates what it means to know yourself in every aspect. And it's an awesome conversation. It was really, really a good um, engagement and I, I'm just excited to bring this show to you. So, but before we do, why would I listen to Jessica Fruit? Why would I listen to this episode? If you are a member of a religion or an ex member of a religion and have conflicting ideas of what it means to be a part of that group, but be yourself, this would be a great episode to listen to. We talk about boundaries, as Keith mentioned, we talk about being intentional with yourself and with others we talk about knowing thyself and we really talk about what that means and how to know thyself and why 
And lastly, a really interesting point was uh, trusting others, specifically within the context of being a parent and trusting a child and their intuition. All good things, and there's much more. Don't there's much more. But before we get into this, yeah, don't forget. Tell you. Leave us, leave us a comment. Give us a like. Go to moreincommonent.com. Shoot us a note. Let us know what we're doing. Sharing you know, is support us because the more you support us, the more we get the message message of compassion out, and the more we can continue demonstrating these amazing conversations. Because that's what this podcast is all about. Where our consulting firm, on the other hand, is all about helping you as an organization engage your culture and compassion. And how do you do that functionally at an individual level and at a group? So if you're interested in that, reach out. Um, but enough of this. Let's go on to the show. I think it's just something you have to keep in remembrance of yourself of, and, and remind yourself of in those moments of... It's okay to feel these things. It's okay to feel my emotions. My emotions are real. They're real to me. This other person might be having other emotions. But also remember, I still care about this person because I'm engaging in this conversation. If I'm engaging in a conversation where it's tearing me down, it's a hard conversation. I was going to say tearing me down, but not tearing me down. But it's a hard conversation. I obviously care enough about this person to have the conversation. So I want to remember that I have these feelings for this person. And I want to keep those intact. So what is the best way to show up in this conversation and to feel the other feelings while having it? Today, we are with Jessica Frew, co-host of the Husband-in-Law podcast. It is a podcast for those who are open-minded enough to let go of the religious and social norms they have been taught we should all fit into. Steve, Jessica, and Matt walk through the science of making relationships successful. Steve and Jessica were happily married for seven years until Steve came out as being gay, which inevitably ended in divorce. Now, Matt and Jessica have been happily married for six years. Matt, Jessica, and Steve have a relationship that, by most standards, would be considered atypical. Sharing stories of love, marriage, children, divorce, the struggles of religious norms, homosexuality, and trying to be our best selves, this podcast holds nothing back and shares what most people are scared to talk about. And Jessica is just extremely passionate about living a bold life and how it not only impacts us personally, but also in the way we show up in our relationships. Jessica, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. Thanks for, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is, this is, this is awesome. So I'm excited to get into our difficult conversation tip with you because you have a unique one that we have not heard before. So it'll, it'll pose in how we start all of our conversations. So in summary, it's essentially to plan it out, write it down, write down your feelings, get all that negative energy out in preparation for this difficult conversation. If you have the opportunity to do so. How long did it take you to come to a space? And what does this look like for you? In planning it out for hard conversations? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So this is something that I've kind of worked through for years and continue to. But I firmly believe that when you focus in and know yourself well enough to know what it is you kind of want. Why is this conversation hard for me? Why do I hold these feelings around it? What is it that I'm really feeling? Is it about this conversation or really is it about something else that I'm holding on to? 
I firmly believe that if you can take some time to evaluate those things, to understand yourself, then you get to engage in a conversation where it's actually effective, where you don't come out feeling like, oh, I should have said this and that, but instead you have some clarity as to why you want to have this conversation and what it means to you, what you what you hope to get out of it. And I always think of Brene Brown when I go into this because she always says, clarity is kind and unclear is unkind. And I love that. It's so simple and basic. And I always try to think of that. Okay, if I am being clear about what it is I want and it's about me and I'm making it about me, not about them, because when I've done the work, I understand what it is I need and I'm trying to have a conversation with them so that they can understand that. I don't want to attack somebody else. I don't want them to feel attacked, but to understand what it is I'm hoping for, then I get to have this hard conversation that works and that is successful and that ideally both people leave feeling seen, heard, and loved and safe. That's the other thing around that is I want to create a safe place for people to be able to also come back to me and express the things they're having a hard time with, to open up hard conversations with me. So those are some of the things I've done. You had also mentioned that it was about knowing your emotions a little bit so that you don't have to have an emotional response. You can pull them out of the actual conversation so that you can have that effective conversation that you just mentioned. What brought you to that? Or like, how how does that part work for you? So you can't always, and you can't pull all of the emotion out of it, but there you can feel the emotions and explore those on your own so you understand what those emotions are going into the conversation. And it's, I've very much come to terms with the fact that I can hold more than one emotion. And that's so important to recognize and understand that even though I might be having some difficult feelings, maybe anger, resentment, bitterness towards somebody that I'm having a hard conversation with, that doesn't mean that I don't love them or that they don't love me, that something, you know, something happened that there isn't still that mutual respect or understanding, but that we get to explore that and we get to share that. And that makes a relationship stronger. And so I really believe that if you can come into the conversation already knowing your emotions around it, kind of exploring those beforehand, working through as much as you can, and then having that conversation, again, that helps the other person feel like they're not being attacked. It helps them feel like, okay, the person I'm talking to is okay they just want to express something. They want to help me understand where they're coming from. And so it really creates a safe place for everybody to feel hurt. As you were talking there, I just thought of something that I don't think I, I don't think I've noticed this before, but that exploration of your emotions away from the, the situation or the person frees you up to not depend on them to solve your emotional state which I think is a lot of the defensiveness that I have when somebody else is angry or whatever. And it's really has nothing to do with me, but it's kind of like they're giving it to me and it's like, I can't solve this. So now I'm mad back at you because I, or or for whatever, you know, whatever is going on in my head. And uh, so that, I think that's kind of a interesting thing. And and this theme of understanding yourself, I think this is going to be the underlying theme of the conversation today. Cause there's, I've got like five questions about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> being bold, right? Defer yeah. back to you. So what do you do in the event that a conversation gets sprung on you that you're not prepared for? Like, how do you manage that? So 
if I can, if it's a big conversation that I need to walk away from, I I will say, listen, I, I'm not in a place where I can talk about this right now. Uh, it's a conversation I would like to have with you, but I need to take a minute, <laughs> however long I can to re-engage here. And if it's something that needs to be addressed right then, I just trust what I'm feeling in that moment and try to do kind of like a rapid fire evaluation of my feelings in that moment of, okay, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this? What do I know about myself that helps me right now in this situation? And after you've done this for a while, after you really create kind of your own framework around having hard conversations, it's easier to do in the moment. It's easier to say, okay, I can have this conversation right now. I can't take the time. That's okay. I can still say things. And still, you're going to have those moments where you're like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. And that's okay. You can always follow up later if it's really needed. Oftentimes, it's not. You said it well enough in the moment. But I do feel that after you've kind of made it a habit of knowing who you are and what you want, you can have those hard conversations in the moment more easily. So softball, it works. But because I think there are two things that you bring up in all of that, that we could all be better. And one is under, I, I just love the way you said it. Why do you want to have a conversation? So often the negative side of ego can play a role into why you want to have the conversation. I want to prove you wrong. I want to tell you you're wrong. I want to prove I'm right. I need you to know I'm right or whatever the case may be. Politics is a great example. There could be people in your life who you vehemently disagree with politically, but you can still have a relationship and a connection to them. And the purpose for having a conversation could be just because you want them to understand that they're wrong. Well, what good does that do? Where are you going with that? So now you have this avenue of uncovering deeper into what the motivation is and ultimately coming to a place of maybe we just don't need to have the conversation versus forcing it. And then the idea of stepping well, away. Well, real quick which, on that one, yeah, on that one, yeah, Keith, the, yeah. the, that knowing that up front is knowing that this isn't a conversation. This is a debate. Like I want to debate the validity of your thoughts and there's a form and a format and there's ways to do that healthily. And that could be good for your relationship if you set that those parameters and you're both on the same page. But having that definition up front, I just think that's brilliant and I totally think that's great. And then the stepping away, something that we're just, it's always a reminder. Like you can say, now's not the time for me. Can we do this in 10 minutes, tomorrow, an hour, six weeks, right? And like, what time frame can we have so I can properly evaluate this? Yeah. And some people view that as avoidance or immaturity or whatever. I mean, I've been told all sorts of things about myself. I've been called all sorts of names when I have stepped away. And I, I, I don't care because it's doing what's best for me and my mental health. And honestly, it's doing what's best for the other person because I am being clear about what I am okay with and what I am not okay with. And if I do engage, I know it's going to turn into a fight and I'm not okay with that. I don't like getting in heated arguments. It's not my jam. It never has been. But I do like engaging in hard conversations. I just won't do it if I feel it's going to lead to an argument where both of our egos are too high to let go in the moment. Instead, I want to come back when I can let go of that ego and know that I can show up in a way that's effective and builds our relationship instead of tears it down. There's my growing up, my parents always used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. And 
the more entangled I find myself to be with somebody, the harder it is to hold that thing back. And then when I do, and they're like pulling, like, no, but you need to engage now, like engage, engage. I'm like, and that's like the challenge is like, how do I, it's, it's that finding that border between myself and them just to say, you know what, like I, I can sit here and be calm. I know they need this and they want this or they feel like they need it, but I got to hold because it's not going to end well. And I like how you frame it. Cause it's almost like there's two, there's really two preparation moments. There's this ongoing self-evaluation and self-learning and exploration and then there's this, I got to have this really big conversation that I maybe don't want to have, or I just need to have, or I feel like I need to have based on what Keith just said. And I need to get down with a pen and paper or a meditation or something and just figure out why and what's going on with it. And then, then that goes into the bucket of this self and understanding of self and how you show up in those moments where something gets sprung on you. So I think that's exactly. that's beautiful. I appreciate that. Finding curiosity sometimes can be challenging. And I, I think this writing it down to understand why you want to have a conversation is a great way to get to a place of curiosity for the other person, right? So it's like, oh, this is why I want to have it. So now I can go in with an open mind to understand or to engage versus dictate, tell, and yell, right? A hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. Before so, we step away from this topic, I want to ask yeah. one more thing. Cause you, cause you said something I think is, is actually a really, a really juicy nuance in all this, which is you can hold more than one emotion at once. That sentiment, how does it work for you or that you love? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just something you have to keep in remembrance of yourself of and and remind yourself of in those moments of it's okay to feel these things. It's okay to feel my emotions. My emotions are real. They're real to me. This other person might be having other emotions, but also remember, I still care about this person because I'm engaging in this conversation. If I'm engaging in a conversation where it's tearing me down, it's a hard conversation. I was going to say tearing me down, but not tearing me down, but it's a hard conversation. I obviously care enough about this person to have the conversation. So I want to remember that I have these feelings for this person and I want to keep those intact. So what is the best way to show up in this conversation and to feel the other feelings while having it? And I honestly, the first thought I had was when I was going through my divorce with my first husband and thinking about, you know, he had had an affair. He was leaving me. My whole life was changing. What I thought my life would look like was totally upside down. And remembering that this, I can feel my feelings. I can be upset. I can be angry, but I also love this man. Like we've had a wonderful marriage and a great relationship. And so finding that love in there as well. And also I found a lot of peace during our uh, divorce that was so weird. And while, yes, I'm feeling all of these feelings of, you know, sadness and mourning the life I thought I would have, I also was blessed with being able to find peace in that moment of understanding I would be okay. My daughter would be okay. I can make this look how I want it to look. It doesn't have to look like other divorces. It doesn't have to be a certain way. I get to decide my feelings around it. So that's one of the one of the times I really remember feeling all of these emotions very mixed and having a lot of hard conversations throughout that time and figuring out how to hold these feelings and that it was okay that I felt more than one feeling, that there were 
that's that's part of life. In fact, it's a beautiful part of life that we can go through something hard, but still find moments of joy and happiness and peace in that. And it's it's a reminder of hope that, okay, I will have more of these as I continue forward through this hard thing. So hopefully that answers. That does. And I, yeah, I kind of want to repeat back a little bit because I'm glad you asked that question, Rodney. There's this, when I heard you say that, and I think similar to Rodney, is psychologically, we can't instantaneously hold two emotions at the same time, right? So I heard that, but to what you're saying, and I love the frame on it, because it also ties back into the curiosity and understanding why you want to have the conversation, is I can be mad at you. In fact, I can really dislike you right now and still love you and care about you. And just because I dislike you right now doesn't mean those other things aren't true tomorrow or in an hour or for most of the time. It's this moment. I'm really, this This is how I'm feeling. And we have the Well, because it's like, because feelings, like the instant, there's, there's feelings and there's thoughts, which are, they're very closely related. Like they can sometimes drive each other often. And then them over time can turn into beliefs. And I think it's just so easy because the, the physiological thing happening in our bodies when a strong emotion comes up, it's really easy to forget about the belief. Like, I know I love you. I know that this is here regardless of what just happened. So it's, it's, it gets hijacked. We override in the, in the moment and it, no, it was just, it was, it was super helpful. It was a good response there. Yeah. I like that. I really appreciate it. It's a good it. It reminder really too. It's a really good, good reminder. reminder is probably a better way to say, you know, it, you know? because this all ties in brilliantly to you and living a bold life, which is what you are passionate about right now. And I want to start with understanding what that means. You, you talked about it in the lead up. What does living a bold life look like? And how did you come to that? Yeah. So I'm going to start with how did I come to that? My dad always told me growing up, he would say, BB, Jessica, which stood for be bold. He'd always say, you need to BB. And so it's always in the back of my mind. And he would tell me this when I was trying to make a hard decision or even a little decision, but I was making a decision as a teenager, which is very formative years of what I wanted to do. And it was always his way of telling me to be true to myself, like do what felt right to you. And that's what I always knew he meant when he told me that is to make the decision that felt right to me. And he's told me that, he still tells me that, to people, Jessica, Bibi. And that is what it means, is to understand yourself and listen to yourself enough that you know how to take action. And when you take the wrong action, you you feel that and you understand that, you learn from it and you say, oh, hey, this didn't work for me. Next time I'm gonna do something different. You talked about the physical reaction to thoughts and emotions and feelings. And, and I thought that that for me is one way that I really tune into what my body is telling me to know what I need to do. How do I be true to myself? Am I like tensing up? Do I start shaking when this thing happens? I have a couple people in my life that when I engage with them, it's almost instant shaking, shaking. And like my heart rate jumps. And so I know that these are people I need very firm boundaries around and that it's okay for me to do that. And where I feel like, oh, I need to be nice. I need to be nice, but I also need to be nice to myself first. So being bold is knowing who you are. It is, like I just said, being nice to yourself. 
be nice to yourself first, set those boundaries and show up as you. And that's what I'm trying, that's what I want people to learn and to understand is how to show up for you, whether you've seen it, an example of how you want to live your life before, whether you are creating this new reality, however that looks, or maybe you're like, I want to live a life like that person, you go do it because that's what feels right to you. You have an example, however that is, but being really in tune with who you are and what you want. I think people often get confused when I say be bold because I am a very bright person. I'm very, I have my head shaved. I do kind of what I want and what feels right to me, but that doesn't mean that that's right for everybody. This is what feels right to me. This is who I know I was created to be. And so I want to help people understand how to be in tune with themselves so that they can show up as themselves. I always say, it's not your better self. It's not your best self. It's just being yourself. I just, what, uh, so the, the, the people that you engage with that cause shaking or, or whatever, whomever it is, it elicits a strong emotion, strong response, physiological. What does a boundary mean for you? And then what, like, how, how do you, how does that work for you? Yeah. So boundaries, I mean, we talk about them all the time lately. People are really into boundaries and boundaries happen in every relationship. People think that they're only for hard relationships, but they are in like, there are boundaries in my marriage that that are real and true. There are boundaries with my daughter that are set in place with my parents, like everybody, they are a part of all of your relationships and they need to be there so that you can have those genuine real relationships. Now, when I set boundaries with people that I have like that physical hard reaction to that, I know the relationship isn't serving me. For me, that looks like setting up very strict boundaries in how we communicate or how often we communicate and in what forms and all of those things. And truly, I I will try to, if I know I'm going to be around these people, I have to kind of prep myself. And, um, and my husband knows that. He'll be like, hey, we're probably going to see this person today, just so you know. And sometimes I'll say, you know what, I, I'm not going to go to this event because they're going to be there because I can't, it's not worth my emotional health at that point. And some days I'm like, cool, I can handle this. No problem. But it's knowing where I'm at and, and what works for me. It includes like not responding to texts or things like that. Like I don't have to engage or like we said earlier, walking away from conversations. Those are some big things that have really helped me of realizing I don't have to share my side of things. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need any of those things. I can I can either not respond or put a nice, polite, short response and be done with it. So you set the boundaries for yourself, not necessarily with the other people. Correct. Yeah. Key, key distinction, because I think so often we want to control the environment or the interaction rather than just controlling what we can tr- control, and that's us. And not necessarily just how we respond, but our environment, like going to the party, walking away, not answering the text, right? You get that text and you're just like, dopamine, <laughs> serotonin, oxytocin. <laughs> Yes, got to respond, right? And it's like you don't, right? Set yeah. those boundaries because yeah. next thing you know, it cortisol and all the if other ones. If you're a serial completionist like me, you just see the <laughs> notification and you're like, yeah. but it got says it. unread message. It's yeah. like, no, you could delete it and then it wouldn't be unread. Um, there you go. <laughs> the, so, okay. So I kind of want to tie that to a question. This is for both of you. 
show up as you are. So Keith and I do a lot of consulting in the corporate space where there's, you know, there's, there's teams, there is a culture, whether or not it was put there on purpose or not. It's just where there is a group of people, there is a culture and there, it is very buzzy. It's super buzzy to say like, show up as your best self, which you, I like how you clarify. It's like, no, just show up as you. In the context of a group where there may or may not be social rules, whether it be etiquette or a thing we're trying to accomplish, how, how, do, you, how do you think about that? How do you think about showing up as yourself in that context? If that makes sense. I don't know if that was a clear it question. Makes no, that's a good sense. question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel that I am Mormon, LDS, church, member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, however you recognize that religion. And for me, I am a very, like, I don't fit the cultural norm, how I look, how I present myself. I just don't. And I never have for as long as I can remember. I didn't wear the same clothes. I didn't show up the same way. And well, yes, and I never, I mean, that's a physical thing in the way I showed up there. I, I never tamed that down. I just showed up how I wanted to show up. And it's on me to understand that there are some people that aren't going to feel okay with that. Those are their emotions, right? That's their issue. But I do understand that there are people that might say something or there's somebody that might ask me a question or might try to disagree with how I present myself. And that's fine. Those are their thoughts and feelings. And so I think that's the decision you have to make. And I do sometimes like in a situation, say, you know what, I'm not going to speak everything I'm feeling here because it's not the appropriate culture. It's not the appropriate time or place. Am I going to raise some questions to get people thinking? Probably. Am I going to still show up as myself? A hundred percent. But there is, there are times that I'm not trying to make people comfortable, but I also, I mean, kind of on a certain level you are, but I'm not downplaying who I am. People still know I feel like what it is I stand for, who I am. Um, and there are things that are and are not appropriate in certain situations. And being aware of those is very important, especially if you do want your message to be heard. Because you get to the more trust you build and those things, the more people realize, oh, they're not doing this to just be in your face or to show off or to create conflict. They're genuinely here to present another idea another way of thinking of something, another viewpoint. So I think there's power in that of understanding, I, I don't want to say like limits in a culture, but also understanding their what they view the culture as so that you can be respectful of that while still being yourself. Hopefully that makes sense. No, I think it highlights, it highlights the fine line that is difficult if you aren't aligned to who you are. That if I don't do a certain thing, I am violating who I am, right? And can we go a step deeper on that? Because you mentioned, so, so, because there are times where being who you are, not flagrantly, not like, not, not crossing a line, but crossing a line can get you punished just for being who you are, being a woman in certain rooms or being a black woman in certain rooms or being whatever, being gay in certain rooms will get you, uh, you there, there could, there will be retribution for that. 
And I think that the term for it now is covering. So you said downplaying yourself in order to fit what that room needs you to need you want you to be. How do you think? How do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, like my reaction is in my body again of I never want to put myself in a room continuously where I have to downplay where I am or I feel like I have to give up part of who I am. Like that is just not where you find peace and joy in your life. That is not where you feel safe to be who you are. And so that is when you either stand up and speak out or you walk away and realize that this is not a fight you need to fight. There are people who are built to to be there, to fight those fights. And knowing if you're that person or not is super powerful. Knowing whether that's a safe place for you to stay and speak your mind for your own mental health is powerful. And so there are places that I have thought, you know, I could stand up and be a voice here, but I am not in an emotional state where I'm able to. And there are other times where I have put myself there and I've spoken up and it has been uncomfortable, but I felt like I have done good and I leave feeling empowered and true to myself and confident. And whether I'm invited back to that space or not, maybe not, but it was okay. It was okay to, I still felt good about what I did because I was true to me. And that's where the happiness and joy comes from. And I, I want to put this question back to you, Rodney. I'm curious to get your take on it. But this is where we talk about the culture and the culture adapting to be clear and kind to everybody what is needed to accomplish the common goal and that you can then as an individual feel confident that when you bring your best self you're not judged or criticized and you then have the freedom to know your own lines versus someone dictating the lines for you saying jessica no you are not allowed to be bold you have to wear gray you have to wear white and you have to wear black and you better grow your hair back out and if you don't do any of those things that's actually fairly clear and kind but they're setting that boundary so much for you but now you know your boundaries you can walk away but that if you don't have the option to walk away and someone's telling you that that's where it gets so messy for so especially in the corporate world like i can't go find another job i don't have time for that i got kids i i got to feed them and you know and you start getting these covering aspects but i'm curious rodney to get your take on it because i know you've experienced it yourself yeah so i think so i have thoughts but what you just said I was thinking when you were talking, Jessica, I was like, yeah, but like, what if you can't leave? You need this job. And then as you said it, Keith, I was like, but there's always a choice. And I think that's the hard part is getting to the realization that there's always a choice and I am in control of that choice. And so I guess that's been my journey and I'm still on it working in corporate America for, I don't even know how many years I've downplayed myself much, muchly. And it's, uh, it, it is bigly. It is very also degrading to the soul and the spirit. And I think it's why I feel the way I feel about corporate world. And it's not fun. It's a, it's not a, it's not fun. All right. We're going to take a beat right there. I, I just want, just one thing has been really stuck in my brain with this conversation. Uh, we just had a really, really recent conversation with Ben Mathis and we talk about this, this concept of knowing where you end, where someone else begins. And 
that just keeps ringing over and over in my head as we talk about boundaries and as we talk about the issues that can crop up when you don't have them and don't understand yourself. So go check out that episode because Ben has some good insight into it as well. And we'll be back with the next episode in a few days. Peace. Thank you.